this episode. Listen, I wanted to let you know that there are a few half-second silent spaces in this recording. Now, my subject mentioned a few other company names with regards to ICF. Now, I took those names out for a few reasons. One, we here at Quadlock appreciate other builders uh, and manufacturers of insulated concrete forms. I mean, we're all working towards creating uh, better buildings. We would rather consider other ICF manufacturers contemporaries. And our true competition is old and outdated construction concepts and ways of thinking. That said, here's episode two where we talk to Rob Lyon of Pacific Passive House. Hey, it's Anthony Vermeulen here from Quadlock Building Systems, a division of Airfoam Industries. I am here with Rob Lyon of Pacific Passive House at his passive house that he built uh, himself nestled in the heart of the Cowichan Valley here. I just want to talk to Rob a little bit and then take it sort of from beginning to end about his whole process of, of uh, building this home. Rob, how are you? I am great, Anthony, and thank you very much for having me on. Excellent. Rob, I wonder, you tell me a little bit, I mean, you know, I deal in ICF all the time, and, and I just sort of asking sort of what brought you uh, originally to the passive home design? Well, I've been building houses for a number of years now, and I've always tried to make them more energy efficient. And I was uh, purchased this property in 2016, looking to uh, build this house on it. And I, at that time, I was very interested in the new uh, step code that BC was introducing. We didn't have much information, except we had the term net zero being thrown around a lot. Could you could sort of... Uh, there's there's a lot of misinformation about that. Could you sort of explain uh, net zero? Sure. Uh, simply put, net zero is your house generates enough energy through solar or wind to offset your energy use. They will not allow you to become a generating station and, and put up an array of solar that will do four houses and, and sell it to them. BC Hydro will let you produce enough energy to offset your bill down to zero. So that's that's net zero. Okay. And the uh, the scary part about it is as the step code finally got published, it turned out to be watered down further to well, we're going to require homes in 2032 to be built net zero ready. And uh, that's a real scary thing because net zero ready is literally a hundred and fifty dollar conduit from your panel up to the attic, so that solar can be easily installed. I see. Well, you know, it's, it's sort of for the, the the unfamiliar, the step codes are something that the uh, the BC government here has put out. It's a series of incremental codes, uh, sort of relying on on performance based construction rather than prescriptive construction, right? Yeah, that's where they're moving to, but they've they've watered it down to the point, and they're taking twenty years to get there, uh, basically. Right. So ideally, what they say in, in on paper, net zero by twenty thirty two. Yeah. Okay. Net zero ready by, ready 2032. by 2032. So it just leaves it wide open to actually not changing the way we build. And as I, as I got disappointed with that and I was just looking at the building science of things and how to make the better home and the more energy efficient home, I came across the passive house standard. Okay. The passive house standard is an international standard that is recognized throughout the world and passive house Canada Institute is uh, the organization in Canada that uh, certifies uh, people to build and also does the inspections. Now, I think started in Saskatchewan, I think, back back in the day. I've taken a few courses. Have you, now, did you go? Yeah. 
take any courses? I've taken a lot of courses. I've taken almost all of the courses. uh, Well, I have taken all the courses for design. Okay. there's a, there's a few uh, tech courses for trades to learn how to tape properly and how to seal things. Okay. But uh, that's that's a extra time that uh, I didn't need to. I'm not I'm not a trade, so I don't need to learn how how that works. Sure. They give us an overview. How did that How did that course or the courses you took or the education about it? How how that sort of spurred you along and, and into sort of, the, sort of the design end of, of what you were doing? Yeah, so I was designing the house and everything in passive construction is, is the main focus is uh, eliminating thermal bridges. And a thermal bridge is, um, say, a two by six stud wall. Uh, the two by six studs are um, R6 and the insulating bats stuffed between them are, are R20 and the effective R value of that wall with the combination of studs and insulation is actually R13. So because the, the, the heat is escaping, the energy is escaping through, say, the studs, it brings that down. And yeah. Yeah. You can see, I know we've, we've taken some, some thermal imaging of, of conventionally built homes, and you can see the ribs in the wall and where that uh, sort of that heat is escaping. Yeah, and it's not just the, the heat that's escaping. That becomes then a point for uh, moisture's variance in temperature on your wall. And uh, moisture can condensate and, and things like that mm-hmm. on, on the wall because of, of these um, variance in temperature. So the first course I took was uh, building systems, which was basically walls and how to build a, uh, a wall with no thermal bridges. And they went through 30 different wall methods of constructing two by sixes and two by fours and having breaks, double studs, sure. and uh, all these things. Every wall had a problem. So several options. Several options and, and complicated Okay. Very complicated with different membranes and different tapes and different size screws and different types of insulation. And, and if you use EPS, you get this. And if you use rock wool, you get that. If you use XPS, there, yeah. There, so, there's also some technical details of, uh, as it regards to your fenestration, right? And you, exactly. Yeah. So, so fenestration being windows and doors. So the, uh, the end, the last wall system we looked at, which... Uh, was uh, an ICF wall construction. Uh, the engineer teaching us uh, started off by saying, and this is the last wall we'll look at, and it has none of the problems that any of the other wood-constructed walls do. And it uh, is actually better because it has a thermal mass which increases the R value. So, the, so if you have um, 14 inches of foam, you end up with an R, oh, I'm going I'm to use my actual construction where I have 7 and 12, I have 13 inches of uh, EPS foam, and that 13 inches alone would end up being like an R42, mm-hmm. but because of the concrete mass, which is on the inside of the the foam. The bulk of your insulation. The bulk is of on the, the insulation is on the outside. It's basically twice as much on the outside as on the inside. Mm-hmm. That concrete mass now settles at room temperature of the inside of the house, and it it becomes an amplifier. So the effective R value of that R forty two wall turns out to be R fifty. 
Okay. So it's a huge benefit. And there's no thermal bridging at all because you have the foam on the inside and foam on the outside. And it's just a beautiful building system. So sort of, you know, <clears throat> you took all the ideas that, that, that they'd had and found the sort of the, the shortest and, and probably most, the best path to what you were trying to do for this home, for your home, was, was the ICF. Yeah, it was a no-brainer. It was, uh, you know, when you're building double-stud walls and you're dealing with, with carpenters and trades that are used to doing it a certain way, um, they resist doing it differently. When you give them a whole new product that they've never seen before and you teach them, they embrace it and learn to use it. So it was even a pleasure from that respect. It, you know, you don't get any pushback about, well, why are we? Because like I say, the 30 methods of building a double stud wall all come with a lot of complications. Mm -hmm. And uh, you don't want that. You, you're, you know, who does the taping? The lowest guy on the job does the taping. The most important job is done by the cheapest laborer they can find, hmm. you know, and the, uh, whereas the ICF wall, there is no weather resistant barrier. There is no vapor barrier. There is no taping. There's the wall itself is a concrete continuous wall. And it's, uh, it serves all of those purposes in one system. Great. Okay. So, and you, 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 uh, you looked around, you found this, you, you educated yourself and about how long ago was it, was it that you contacted me uh, at Quad? So I went out to a couple of different uh, ICF manufacturers and I actually took training from uh, Quadlock and, and I had to pick a system because I was building a house. And that would have been just over two, two and a bit years ago. So around 2017-ish, okay. mid to late 2017. And what I uh, what I liked about Quadlock was simply the response and the uh, customer service. I got answers quickly. You had engineers on staff that were able to assist my engineer with uh, putting the drawings together, and it just went very smooth. Well, that's that's good. I'd, I'd like to clarify sort of what, what we have at Quadlock is is we don't have an engineer on. On, on staff simply because since we ship all over uh, North America, we'd have to have someone rated in every, in every oh, okay, nook and yeah. cranny. But what yeah. we do have is, is an engineering technologist. Now his job is, as, as you work with your team, right. uh, this is how tab A fits into slot B. This is what this, what needs to go here. This is what needs to go. So he can work, he works in conjunction with the design team, which is what happened with your team. And I think with design, now you designed this. Yeah. Correct. Absolutely. And I think from, yeah, from top to bottom, uh, it's a really, you know, it was, it was great working with you from the inception of, of, of the job. So when you designed it, you had obviously designed it with ICF in mind. Mm -hmm. And what were your, what were your next steps as far as, as, as getting the, the site ready? Well, so I just want to, I don't want to knock, but I want to point out that quad lock training is way better. Uh, quad lock training brings the tools the blocks, all the equipment, um, the panels and the ties, and it's hands-on, cutting material, building walls, building uh, bucks in, in the wall for your, your windows and doors and, and putting it all together. Whereas training was PowerPoint and here's some blocks over here, don't cut them, um, but we'll stack them up like Lego. And, and it just ends up being uh, a good system, but it just wasn't all there. And then when I took the same training from, from you guys, it was 
a night and day hands-on made me feel very comfortable with the product and I was very happy building a house from it. So when it comes to uh, starting, you you start this house just like any other house. The only difference is your footings are a bit bigger, which is good because they should be bigger. Uh, this uh, to, to deal with the weight of the entire structure. To it is de- deal with home. the weight of the entire structure, but frankly, even if you're just building a, a standard not you know minimum code house you're going to have a a 12 inch footing that's six inches deep uh, with two pieces of rebar in it and that's that's not enough um most guys would do a 16 inch footing anyway instead and they would uh make it eight inches deep but um, with the quad lock house you have to do a 20 inch footing with uh with the 10 inches, with three pieces of rebar, and and that's the only difference. So, yeah, you spend an extra half a day forming up your footings and getting that extra bit of rebar in there, and you uh, end up with uh, with an earthquake proof house essentially. What were your What were your I can't remember. What were your uh, What were your What was your wall cavity down below? It was an eight inch. It was an eight inch. Started with eight inch walk. Eight inch below grade. Okay. And then when, and it's a walkout house. So when then when we got became above grade, we reduced it to six inches. Right. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So you know, we we brought material out here. Oh God. When when was the first uh, shipment that we had? If if that rings a bell for you, because I know we brought I brought some ties out to you. Yeah. It was uh, May of two thousand and nineteen. Okay. And so what were some of the elements of, of the construction that, that may present challenges to people? Uh, some of the other things that maybe you appreciated about the system and passive house construction. So I have a big lot and I had lots of room to stage my material. So that wasn't a problem, but it could be a problem if you're, uh, if you're building in a, a small city lot. I have a three acre lot. So it wasn't a problem for me to, to get, uh, you know, B train full of, of, uh, quad lock and, and stick it off to the side. Sure. So, uh, there's, there's that concern that, uh, is always out there. The next concern, which has essentially been eliminated and, and basically added two weeks of time was the rebar. There was a ton of rebar. Well, there was more than a ton. There was 25 or 30 tons of steel in this wall system. And um, getting it dropped off, even though I had every piece pre-cut and pre-bent, it uh, it didn't come off the truck in, in 20 different little piles. It came off in, in three big bundles that then had to be moved by hand and sort of pickup sticks there, right? Yeah, pickup sticks, big time. And um, and that was that was partially my fault because I didn't. Uh, envisioned the sheer volume of steel that I was getting sure. and uh, I didn't you know make a plan ahead and make a staging site for it so that it could have been spread out mm-hmm. the uh, the solution today though is a new product that's just really taken off in the last one year which is called helix and that gets batched in the cement truck and it's an uh, it's not an additive in the sense, but it's basically like a whole bunch of uh, little two-inch nails. Uh, they're not two-inch nails. They're a special steel. It's a fiber and it's in. twisted for, for well, tension. It's, it's right? a steel fiber. Yeah. And it, it's uh, mixed in with the concrete and the aggregate, and it just pours into the wall. So going back 
traveling back through time, Rob, you would, uh, you would have sort of gone for, the, for parts of the, the structure, you would have gone for, for Helix? I would have done Helix on the whole build. Okay. The, uh, at the time, in 2018, Helix was known and being advertised, and, and, but it hadn't been caught on by the, by the cement companies. So it wasn't common, and they weren't, guys weren't comfortable with it. Pump trucks were, were like, oh, I don't know what that is. I don't want to put that through. So, uh, well, you know, I have a sort of a soft spot in my heart for, for Helix because mm-hmm. 10 years ago, people were saying the same thing about about ICF. I, I don't know what it is. I'm not going to use it. It's changed the way. Yeah. Uh, it's going to change the way I'm doing things. So, so you know, when someone mentions Helix or wants to, 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 to use it, I, I, I suggest that they check it out. I have a question for you about Helix, though. We've got a lot of lintels in here, obviously a lot of windows and doors. Yeah, yeah. So lintels and doors are different. You have, right. to, hang, you have to hang steel in, in some places. Right. But the main uh, structure of the wall you would just do Helix. Okay, good. An important distinction because I know that that most homes, if you're going to use Helix, is going to take a, a combination of of traditional rebar and, and right. Helix as well. But but hanging those lintels, um, and a lintel is basically a, a, a C hook with uh, two or three pieces of rebar tied to it and spread out that uh, just make that uh, a solid steel, concrete, steel and concrete beam. Okay. I, I have a large um, bifold wall made by Euroline that opens to 11 feet. And to uh, span that, I had uh, to put uh, five pieces of rebar in uh, in the lintel. Okay. So. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> so that, I mean, rebar was obviously a, a challenge. I know you did some modifications to the the ICF system to the quad lock uh, as you were building, right? Um, do you have you have a lot of you had a couple of angles on the on the on the project? We're we're sitting right near one right now. Um, were there any challenges with regards to the the? Uh, I guess because you've got such a uh, enormous amount of of EPS on the outside of your wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, once you got going, was it was it an issue or? or no, once we had figured out the uh, initial angles right from the get-go, because they're in the footings, um, I, I have a basically a living room that's cantered 30 degrees, so it's not your classic 45. That would have been too much, mm-hmm. so it's cantered 30 degrees off, and it makes the space. It was the right decision to make and do that. Um, it added more complication to my roof and trusses than it did to my uh, ICF walls. Okay. Excellent. So <clears throat> with the construction, you worked with, who was the, the team that you worked with there? Great, great guy. Uh, so I worked with Lucas Tubman, who is uh, uh, a carpenter, framer, uh, and, and builder. A limitless carpentry? Limitless carpentry. And he did, him and his team did all of the hands-on construction of the project. And were they familiar with ICF? I think he'd done one or two. No, but no, no, nothing. Nothing, nothing. And this was the beauty of it. Uh, he didn't uh, fight me for a second. He saw this product as a, a new and emerging future of how, how houses are to be built. And they uh, embraced it and learned all of the details and, and the uh, ways and tricks of putting quad lock together and was able to to hit the ground running day one. You don't have to unlearn anything, really, at that point, right? No, no. There's no bad habits uh, that you have. 
that need to be unlearned because you're learning everything new. And, and because it's literally one to two days of learning, it's not an onerous thing. It's not a scary thing. It's just like, yeah, yeah, let's do this. Good. And that was his attitude, and it was a good attitude. Great. I mean, he built and formed lots of basements. So the forming and the tying the rebar, that's common. Yeah. That's a common skill. It doesn't change. But the uh, the ICF um, panels and ties was, was a new thing, and it took him a, two days tops. All done before he started on my house. He took the training. I went with him and uh, took the training again. And uh, and then he, he had it. Yeah, well, I mean, one of the things that I like to tell people when they're, when they're putting something together is your first course of, of, of foam is your first course of foam. Your second course is a little bit different than the first course, but your third is the same as the first. Yeah. And so on and so on and so on. So while... You know, I wouldn't so be- in that respect, what, what you're talking about is that the, uh, the, the seams of the joints, the vertical seams are staggered. Correct. So the first row, your seams are at two feet and four feet. And then the next row, they're at four feet and two feet. Correct. And then so, you, you follow on up, uh, you know, obviously yeah. until you get to window bucks and things of that nature, which, you know, is all taken care of in our training. But you, you have a lot of windows uh, and doors on this. Obviously, I mean, the, the view you've got here is spectacular. So was the 30 degrees for just for this, right? Yeah. So it was, so there's, there's a number of trees on the property and I had to cut down a lot in order to get uh, solar access to the sun mm-hmm. to, um, you know, because a lot of the energy in a passive house is from the sun. And, um, but I wanted to keep some trees. So if you look out my window, you can see, trees on the east, uh, sorry, the southeast side. So my sun doesn't come up until 11 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, depending on winter or summer. Right. And um, the sun the sun comes up because it's behind the trees. So the main house is facing due south. So I get that light then. But in the living room that I've cantered off, I'm getting extra sunlight as the sun is setting Right to the west, so that was part of the design to to capture that bit of extra sun. Right, and the house is is heated with um, literally two hair dryers, so they are in line. Are they running right now? Those two hair dryers? No, they're no, not. They're not. They don't even run all the time. <laughs> they're they're in line with the HRV. Like okay, with a Zender HRV, which is a continuously running uh, heat recovery system, mm-hmm. and the hair dryers. Or, you know, I said two because it's 3,000 watts. Right. So those, like a 1,500 watt hair dryer. So the, the two, the, the one, it's one element, one 3,000 watt element, um, will heat the air up a half a degree or a degree as the, uh, the heat exchanging core heats up the air from the exhaust up to that level to within a degree or half a degree of the room temperature. The hair dryer kicks in and knocks it up another half a degree, and we're done. You're good to go. Yeah. Well, then let's let's talk about what what sort of space your hair dryer is heating in here. What's sort of the square footage? Well, this is four thousand eight hundred square feet. Okay, that's why I needed two hair dryers. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> I did. To be honest, though, I did I did put in a single uh, head unit uh, heat pump in the main living kitchen, uh, living room, dining room, kitchen area. Just so that I could have air conditioning in the summer yep. and, and, a, and a 
a bit of heat in the winter if needed. Um, you're looking at it right up there on the wall. It's not on. Okay. It, it comes on 10 minutes or half an hour, depending on the outside. Sure. And it, that's all it runs in a day. And that's, it's set to uh, 20 degrees. Nice. So. Nice. Well, it's, you know, it's it, a lot of times we at, at Airform Quadlock work with people who are just building the home. And moving on uh, to the next home, I don't. We don't often get a chance to talk to you. Uh, the the homeowners all about what they what they uh, what they deal with living at home. How has it been living in the 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 structure itself? Well, it's been amazing. It, the uh, air temperature does not vary more than half a degree. It's year long. Year long, and I have one of the other features I built into this house was I put a four foot overhang on on my roof so my um, soffits are four feet okay and what that does is it keeps the sun out 100 percent in the summer yeah and it lets it in all of it comes in in the winter so i get the solar heat in the winter okay and i don't get the heat in the summer so it literally just stays cool now i have to full disclosure i did not certify my passive house mm-hmm because I chose to put in this big, giant, 11-foot bifold wall, which is not a passive certified window. But here on Vancouver Island, um, we don't have a lot of demand for heating and cooling. It's a moderate climate. Sure. And I wanted to have that that uh, that grand outdoor-indoor living space mm-hmm. on a 1,000-square-foot deck. So uh, that door, which doesn't seal 100%, caused me to uh, do, uh, reach a blower door a test of one air change an hour. One air change per hour. Yeah, and passive house requires 0.6 air changes. Right. But, it, but the house doesn't cost me anything to heat. Or right. Blow. So <laughs> rather than go for certification, I like yeah. to say you shot for the moon and you at least reached the stars. Right? Yeah, I knew when I put the door in that it, it may be a problem. Yeah. It, um, but, uh, yeah, we just had to have it. It makes a huge difference to mm-hmm. the space. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, uh, listen, I think what we'll do now is we'll just give you, you can give us a little tour of the house. Sure. And uh, uh, from from down to up or up to down, and then uh, we'll, we'll we'll take a look from the outside and, and we'll take it from there. Listen, yeah. I really appreciate you having having us here in, in your home. Uh, it was great to, to be with you from, from start to finish on this operation. And, and uh, I'm really pleased that you are pleased with, with what you got. And again, thanks for uh, thanks for this interview. Yeah, thanks for having me. I've enjoyed working with you.